Thank you for joining us today for TEDCO Talks, a new series featuring thought leaders in economic development from across the state of Maryland. Join TEDCO CEO, Troy Lamel Stovall, in thought-provoking conversations with regional leaders about the future of Maryland's innovation ecosystem. In this episode, Troy is joined by Shalanda Stokes, president of Downtown Partnership of Baltimore. Listen now to learn more about Shalanda and the role she plays in supporting Maryland and DC's entrepreneurial ecosystem. Greetings, everyone. This is Troy Lamel Stovall, the CEO and executive director for Maryland Tedco, Maryland's uh, venture capital firm that invests in early stage technology-based companies. And today we're gonna have a whole lot of fun. And I'm, I'm taking several points of personal privilege today, because um, I can. Because uh, I can. Uh, first, the, the backdrop you see behind me um, is for High Point University, my firstborn, my baby girl, my little girl, uh, made a decision, told my wife and I last night, she chose High Point. So we are just overjoyed. And so I'm being daddy. So I, you know, I can't let that go. I'm always daddy. If you get to see yourself, I'm always daddy. Second is I'm showing off some of our swag. So we got these polos, we got all kinds of, and I got to call out uh, Tammy Thomas and, and, and Cassie Haber, who I call rap master KCB, Casey, Casey <laughs> Haber. Uh, she's my rap master. And so we got all kinds of cool swag. But the most important thing is I have, I think many of you know, I'm an engineer by training. Uh, met my wife who, you know, she's not been friends for 30 years. I've had friends who are lifelong friends through an organization called the National Society of Black Engineers, NSBE as we love to say it. And I can't be more excited today with our guests, uh, Ms. Shalonda Stokes of the Downtown Baltimore Partnership. But most importantly, she's an electrical engineering undergraduate and a, a Nesby person. So Shalonda, thank you for being on TEDCO Talk thank today. You. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, and, and quite similarly, I met my husband. So so maybe we have a new role for Nesby in addition <laughs> to what it does in partnerships. But nope, I ended up meeting my husband through that organization as well. And so you just think about the capacity and development and you know, if I can steal some of your point of privilege time, although my <laughs> daughter has not decided very similarly as well. She's she's in between two schools right now. I think one of them close to High Point, North Carolina A&T. Ah, yes. My daughter's um, choices. And then the other one, a, cl a little closer to home here is Howard. Howard. So we will see. Maybe will by, see. you know, another week or so, I'll be able to come you back. Let us know. You let yeah. us know. You let us know. But yeah, I love A&T. My wife is from North Carolina. And we have a ton of family that actually we have a, one of our cousin's son is actually a, is matriculating there at, at A&T right now. And just went, over the, just went over there on the queue line. Just, just played. Uh-oh. Now, now you're pulling out some other things. <laughs> this, this, this is going to be a really good one today. Excited. Excited about the organization. And I'm just wondering how I get some of that techco gear as well. I mean, just throwing it out there. It, it yeah. looks good. I love it. So you know. we'll, we'll, we'll let Tammy, we'll let Miss Tammy know. We'll, we can, right, we can hook that up. Well, look, let's actually start off with, since we kind of go on this fun, let's, let's start off with some more fun. So I'm going to do, I'm going to throw out some words to you. Okay. And you're going to tell me the first thing that comes to mind. So we're going to oh, touch this, 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 this engineering brain of yours, which I know is brilliant. And, you know, we're going we're gonna to deal with this. So we're going to start off with Morgan State. The first thing that comes to mind is Dr. Wilson. Yeah. I have to give him a shout out. He's doing some amazing things and converting Morgan into what's really a STEM technology hub research i'm excited so in that same light hbcus the best 
we we actually it's so funny but we did some research around hbcus and one of the things that they found out for undergrad where you had african-american students they typically did better coming out of an hbcu and part of it was just what you get the nurturing component that you get in that to prepare you for some of what's to come no no i couldn't agree more i mean that's uh, my son was just asking me about because uh, you know we're going through the journey. He's a junior, so I got to go through this journey back Uh-oh. to back. Uh-oh. And, and he, because of my daughter's decision, he's asking these questions and he's asking about HBCs. And I gave him almost that exact answer. So absolutely, let's do something really close to home: electrical engineering. Oh my God, problem solving. <laughs> that, that's go. what comes to mind. It's fun, even in coming into this role, which is funny, Troy. As I was applying, they were like an electrical engineer. Like, what? Give me a problem. I can give you, work it out with the given and all of the other things that I know we did as a baseline performance, electrical engineering, we get it done. Yeah. No, you know, I talked about that, that how engineers, all the discipline, we can, within engineering folks that are engineers, we, we joke about other engineers and, you know, who's the better engineer and all that stuff. But the reality of it across all engineering disciplines, we're taught how to solve a problem. That's and exactly. we're taught how to get that data, understand the problem, understand the question and then go about the methodology, the scientific methodology of solving that problem. And, and so yeah. many of us are in industries that have nothing to do with engineering, but we use the, the training that we receive. Um, downtown Baltimore. One of the best places to be. You, <laughs> you, you, think, you love it now. Just give us another year, two years, three years. You're not going to believe what it's become. I love it. Ravens. Number one, of course, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, tend, I tend to think Lamar, if you were to ask first, um, Lamar Jackson, I think he's done a wonderful job in helping transition our team and just excited about where they're going. So I'm going to end with Nesby. Come on, builders <laughs> of greatness, as evidenced by you and me. No, I, I, I absolutely think as a foundational organization, Nesby is doing the right things. It helps prepare. When I left Morgan, I had seven job offers and I there credit Nesby with being a part of that bridge to help Absolutely. make that happen. No, I love, it. you know, the chant we had was a NSBE, the number one society. I like that. it. <laughs> I like it. Now you will have me start doing some of my stuff that I was doing at the Nesby event. Exactly. Exactly. Well, look to that. Let's let's let would you let our listeners know a little bit about Shalanda and your yeah. journey. Um, in particular, um, you know, less talking to me, but you know, there's a, there's another young black woman out there that's yeah. thinking about going into engineering or is in engineering and and is struggling through it. So talk to her about the challenges or the triumphs. Uh, that that you've had in your journey, like you just said, how you took that engineer career and now are leading the the, the downtown uh, partnership. Yeah, no, I I appreciate that, and to to anybody, especially you know, I can speak to the to the black women who probably share my journey in many ways. For me, the engineering started with my why, right? And so, Troy, a number of people don't know my why. When I started, we grew up in Baltimore extremely, extremely poor. Like I, I would start meeting saying, do y'all know what this meant? This, that was how I went into the house to ensure that the mice would scatter. Yeah. And what I knew as a part of my why is I wouldn't do, a couple things wouldn't happen. I watched my mother not eat as a, mm-hmm. you know, growing mm-hmm. up and say that she wasn't hungry when you know the real deal, right? And so mm-hmm. that became a part of my motivation as to, I would 
get into a career where there was always an opportunity, right, for me to make money and, and have a job and all that. That became a part of the why. The other thing is I wanted to, as much as I could, create opportunities for people who look like me, right, and, and do some things so that it went just beyond when you talk about the legacy. So my first job at the age of 14, quite serendipitous <laughs> being in this role, was cleaning. I was at the age of 14 cleaning at the Inner Harbor. Um, but I knew I wanted to follow a career path that that could offer me more. And that's what yeah, engineering wow. did for me. And so yeah. for other women, that became my why, my motivation. But but it was not easy by any stretch. And so part of what I knew I needed to do and I encourage all women to do, I had to form you know, my sort of cohort. You can call it a flossy posse, call it whatever you need <laughs> to help kind of get you through. Uh, because it Because engineering wasn't one of those degrees while I was in school that afforded a lot of opportunity for extra, right? When people were doing some of those other things, I knew I needed to buckle down when spring break came. We were always given a project over spring break, you know, and so all of some of those things. But, you know, forming the cohort worked, having a base of people who had the same motivations as I did helped tremendously. Um, and then focusing not on the immediate, but on the future is part of what really helped me do that. And so I would say to all of my sister friends and all of all of that, we deserve more. We can do more. If we invest the time, it is ours to claim. And so just for all of them, that for me has been the motivation. Another, just one other quick. No, no, please, girl. You, you got me going. Because no, I had so much in here. You no, know, girl. I no. <laughs> I had this, we were a part of a this engineering program where we brought in different people to show you how engineering could be used in various capacities. And for women, it, I think it was a way of them attracting us to make sure they could cover all areas. So they had brought in uh, one of the women who owned, it was the brand MCM. So a designer brand and trying to link fashion to engineering and STEM and all of those other things. One of the best things that the speaker shared with us during that time, is she said, when, when I come home, she said, do you know what my father says to me? And we're like, you know, how was your day? What did you do? And she said, no. My father said to me, what did you fail at today? And we were like, and she said, part of it, and this ties into the engineering piece and for us as women and what happens, we don't often like to fail, mm -hmm. but in order to stretch, sometimes you, you do have to fail. You have to put yourself out there. And so the other thing I would say, and that, that was a lesson that I carried on, don't settle right? Comfortable is not your friend in that way. So like kind of push the envelope. When you do it, say, what have I failed at today? Girl, you said so many things in there. I could, we, 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 <laughs> any one of those, we could spend a minute on, but here your journey so reminds me of my own, right? I grew up in Texas, pole, just a mom and in, in engineering, to your point, was, was that means I could see to, to get me. Yeah. I, I joke when I, I uh, ended up going to undergrad, they had a co-op program and they had the list of all the things you could do. Okay. And they said, which one you want? I said, which one pays the most? They said, let's go. Right, exactly. That's the one I want. <laughs> I know. That's okay. what I want. That's not, that's not a hard decision. But a couple of things you said that I really do want to, particularly as it relates to, engin to engineering and, and entrepreneurship and what you do, this, this notion of failure. Um, yeah. Because I think so, so many of us, particularly in the Black community, um, we we get comfortable. You talked about you know not being comfortable. Right. We, we, we get that first job and we get comfortable and 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 we don't want to stretch ourselves yeah. and expand ourselves or take on that risk because 
we don't want the what I call the public failure, even the private failure. Are you right? And so talk about how, how you use that failure and how you use what you said that not wanting to get comfortable to yes. continue to make Shalom, uh, make you better than what you are. No, I, I, I appreciate that question tremendously. Just, just coming out of undergrad school, and this is interesting. So graduating from Morgan with an electrical engineering degree, just as my undergraduate, I came out making $40,000 a year. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, Troy, at that point in time, for my family, because uh, you know I'm the it's first in my family yeah. to have graduated right from college on my mom's side, and so everybody's cheering like, "What forty thousand <laughs> And 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 I thought that I was there. So you think about that comfort. And so I worked for Hewlett Packard for a couple years. Mm -hmm. With that, within two years, I was making eighty thousand dollars, and I had a company car for real. At yeah. that point, it could have been like, "You're done. <laughs> like just pack up, just stay here forever." But but things continue. At that point in time for, for HP, although I was making about 80,000, my quota, because they, they were hiring at that point engineers with pizzazz to help sell and do some of these, because you could understand, my quota was 10 million. So mm. I'm generating 10 million. They're paying making 80. 80. Right. It's a big gap around what happens. And so you really start to see the worth, the value, you know, how you start to quantify some of but but it wasn't that it was a bad thing. It was a growth thing. And for me, it was never settling even at that point. OK, so how do I start to do more? And from that, I ended up leaving there and starting my own company. Part of my thought at that point was, man, if I could make 10 million for them, even if I did 10 percent of that, I'm, you know, what I mean, and so that was a part of the logic. And I ended up running a media company for growing and running a media company for about 20 years, not still not settling and being and so it's always kind of pushing towards that next thing with looking at what is that thing that's out there that you know you want to achieve and ultimately I, I know that what I'm doing is not just for me it's not just for my mother or my kids or my husband or any of that we have a legacy to build yeah, we have a lot of time that needs to be made up and we have an ability to connect the dots in a way that you know will, will advance everyone further can you can you can you be not settled? Can can like I, I say, um, Shalana, that uh, the only thing in life that I can't get too much of is the good Lord. And, mm, and, and I so, like it. And, and Go so, ahead, <laughs> And so I guess the comfort because I've had this debate with some of my friends is, you know, can that can that aggressive, you know, always want and never being settled create challenges? That is, with, that's true. I yeah, hear you. And, and so at some point you either have to slow it down or not do. Do you, you feel that? I, I feel where you're going. And part of it is I, I definitely wouldn't want it to come across as a couple of things. One, not an appreciation and a thank you yeah, 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 for yeah. where you are. Right. Exactly. And so it's not like, let me get to, it's not, it's not always about that destination and not in the journey around it. So definitely don't want to do that. But it is about, I do believe that God has given us all a, a, a purpose, right? Mm, and there mm. are things that we have. And, and sometimes I think, out of fear, we get come and don't really operate fear. in our purpose. This job here at Downtown Partnership, and I tell people all the time, I wasn't looking for another job. I was, I mean, I was doing really well with my company. When I tell you this is divinely inspired, God go, go. wanted me to be here. This is the culmination of my education, my life's experiences, my passions, go. my ability. I came into this role at a time during COVID. The social justice, 
you know, movement and all of that and, and, and believe in partnership with my board and my team, we are in the right place Thanks. right now to make a difference for our city and the region moving forward. So we're going to come to that pounds part, but one, one last thing on just your little bit of your journey, because yeah, some, some of our friends who are listening may not have caught your, your flossy posse uh, <laughs> and what you mean by that. And so to help them out, and I know you'll help them out too, is that I tell my kids, you can only rise to the highest level of yeah. the lowest level of the folks you keep around you. That's absolutely true. And so help folks understand this flossy, your flossy posse. Right. I mean, it's the secrets of, I, I, and I know hands are, I, I live my life building on drawing from mentors in all forms and fashion. So I believe that we all should, we can always learn from something, but there is a core group of friends who hold me accountable. There you go. Make me better. Those are the ones when you go to make that dumb decision, they're like, come on, you For are real? smart. You know what I mean? That, 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 in having that group, that you know are all striving for the same thing will continue to ensure that you stay on that path because all of us decide every now and then oh that looks easy that looks better that looks you know i mean whatever and it's you know the path of least resistance is sometimes attractive and so keeping a core group of you know friends supporters all of that to help motivate you when you're feeling a little bit low in that area is what I love here. it. And, 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 de and, and deal with that fear, deal with the fear and, and push you to, to, to take that next level. Absolutely. So a lot of folks may not know about downtown, downtown partners and, and yep. what they do and what they're about. So go ahead and let, let folks know about that. Absolutely. I'm excited to I actually have two roles, which most people still don't know. I am the president of downtown partnership of Baltimore, and I am the executive director of the downtown management authority. Both of those organizations work together for the betterment of downtown, but they have sort of two different geographies. So Downtown Partnership of Baltimore is really expansive of all of downtown. That is about keeping our downtown vibrant with mm -hmm. events and marketing and initiatives that, that give people an opportunity to taste and feel our city. So things like the monument lighting or restaurant week or you know all of those types of things. Hopefully if people have enjoyed them, then they know Downtown Partnership has been a part of that. We are a membership organization in that right, made up of about 650 members. Wow. Separate from that, for the Downtown Management Authority, I have a defined mm -hmm. geography, about mm -hmm. 106 blocks of downtown, for which our team also is responsible for keeping downtown clean, clean. and mm -hmm. safe and vibrant. And so we hire a number of team members from the city, some of which are second chance team members, right, and doing mm -hmm. the right. And we work together for the betterment of downtown within those blocks. So hopefully you've seen our team members in the colorful uniforms out, you know, sweeping or helping, guiding and doing some things like that. And so both of those organizations together are what makes up. Outstanding. Why don't you tell somebody, uh, folks, because, you know, Baltimore sometimes doesn't get the best national press uh, yeah. for a variety of reasons. But something someone should know about Baltimore that's you know, not from the area, that's listened to us from another part of the country, or even right here in the, in the DMV yeah. area, that they should know about Baltimore, particularly downtown Baltimore. Oh, my God. It's so much to share. And I thank you for the opportunity to do it. We just released um, what's called the State of Downtown Report. And I've, and I've had three people come tell me, as a, you talking to, are you talking to Shalanda? <laughs> she, she had a state of thing. So, so three no. people came to me this week and told me about your state of thing. Are you serious? Okay, I'm quite well, serious. It, it is available. I would encourage everybody to take a look at it when they can, because part of what we did is exactly what you're asking now. It was 
let's talk about how we share the good news about what downtown has and what our city has to offer. And so just like a snapshot of it and what we do, when you talk about downtown, and we did a, a sort of one mile radius because okay. that allows us to compare our downtown to other downtowns. Mm -hmm. There's this organization called the International Downtown Association. And so they helped us do that. But if you think about that one mile radius, that's actually 4% of Baltimore's total geography. Wow. But within it, you have 29% of all businesses that are in Baltimore, 35% of all city jobs. But in here, we have 26 museums, 10 playgrounds, 20 parks, 59 pieces of public art. We have three stadiums, four libraries, 11 event venues, two major hospitals. So that's an engineer come out of it. Look at this all the numbers. Is, this is it, right. This you see come all, of, all of it. But, but, it, but you look at, for people to come here, we, we location-wise, and asset-wise, we are at the start, the history connected to everything. Quick drive here, quick drive here. And so this is just a place that we want everybody to come and explore. Well, you know, look, um, the reality of what we are here in, 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 in you know, April of 2021 is we're, we're a year into this thing called COVID, the COVID pandemic. Right, right. And um, so I, I guess I'm pivoting, but you know, in that same thing, kind of understanding how COVID has impacted both Shalanda, just you as a, yeah. as a as a as a as a person, as a mom, as a, as a wife, um, yeah. uh, and and you know, a person of faith, you know, kind of how that's impacted you, and then, but also, you know, you know, you're you're this leader, very visible leader, how that's impacted you professionally and and, and the partners. No, absolutely. So personally, you know, it's COVID-19. I think I picked up that 19 pounds in the process. <laughs> yeah, um, and, so it starts there. Um, on, a, on a positive side, though, I think one of the things that COVID did for all of us is it kind of slowed us down, right? It, mm. it forced you into some outdoor nature. You know, my husband brought a bike, actually started bike riding again and um, all of that. So, so there were some things there that happened with COVID. I think it it gave me a personal appreciation for family and mm. connectedness as as mm. people were apart. And so, on a personal level, I think I was impacted that way. From a business perspective, it's very interesting, especially in the role that I have, because what you started to see was a you know a number of businesses who had to close, right? Mm. People who were losing their jobs. For downtown in particular, there were some increased vacancies around four mm -hmm. level and, you know, just all of these things. And so for us, we went into sort of a mode, okay, how do you put a stop gap on that? The solutions piece that we talked about, those things are going to exist, things will happen. So it, it in terms of a workload, I can tell you, I, I have never worked as hard in my life because I'm trying to fix everything before it get the chasm gets too wide we can't have too much vacancy we can't have too much unemployment we can't you know and so what are some things that we could do as a community to show support to rally around to galvanize to lock on so that we can get through this thing together and so what are you seeing so what, oh this let me ask a different question um we're coming out of this so yeah, i think we're coming yeah. i think we all think we're going to come out of this so what are things that you are seeing that you learned from that you think are going to hold steady as you move out of this? I, th I think there are a couple of things. Um, one of them is, you know, as restaurants tried to shift, right? Restaurants created outdoor spaces mm -hmm. and dining in ways that I think people started to appreciate in other ways. <laughs> we took over some parking spaces, right? Mm -hmm. parklets. And so I think one of the things that you'll start to see is the slow streets 
movement where maybe, you know, in our downtowns in particular, we need to make sure that we're creating more opportunity for gathering and outside and, you know, and all of those things. I think that's one of the things that'll stick. The other thing that has an impact, Troy, and I, you know, I don't know what you guys are doing at Techco, but we're hearing consistently from the business community that they don't know that they're going back to a full five days a work a week. For, you know, Absolutely. I don't know if you have on real pants, but like people, you can throw on something at the top, right? You have on some pajama pants, be in your house and, and do hey, man, thing, girl. Right? <laughs> exactly <laughs> and so, right. And so that's one of the things that we know will be different when we come back. I think that will stick, right? And so how do we accommodate and shift for that hybrid type of work environment for people who want to come in sometimes, but you know, I don't have to do all of the happy driving the car, go somewhere, pay for parking, like all of those things. And so we're trying to get ahead of those things to say, how do we make coming back out more attractive, coming downtown more attractive, engaging and connecting, you know, more attainable. I call it being human again. I, I think you're right. There's going to be a hybrid, but we got to be human again. I, I'm looking forward to meeting you and and then. I know. Breaking bread, and I, I got my cigar buddies. I ain't seen them in a minute, so I got to <laughs> get to them. And you know, so I'd be remiss. Obviously, you mentioned we're Tetco, and we're T is technology. And talk a little bit about the the. I know it's there, and it's emerging. Yeah. But I know the technology and the entrepreneurial technology uh, kind of ecosystem that exists in, in in Baltimore and in downtown Baltimore. I think I, you know I credit you guys tremendously with what you've been able to do to grow the base. I think some of where the focus has shifted and I had the pleasure of serving on Mayor Scott's um, transition committee for business, business workforce and neighborhood development, but a major call out, not just in our committee, but, but throughout his transition piece was around digital equity, right? Mm. And, and making sure that as a baseline, everybody has access to technology because that, that becomes the pathway by which we can launch and our city will leap forward. So yep. you will see based on a lot of what you guys have started and, you know, a real focus on activating, creating high Love speed it. next, you know, all throughout downtown. But beyond that, we want to make sure that we are attracting those types of jobs here. And what do we need to do as a city really for people to say, you know what, I'm interested in technology, STEM, whatever. I need to be in Baltimore to support, whether it's the medical, finance, I mean, we have it all here. And so I thank you for your leadership in that, right? Yeah, well, thank you for that. And you know, and one of the things I know we're aggressively looking at, to your point, is this whole FinTech, this digital currency mm -hmm. economy. Um, you know, I'm sure like you, I mean, I get some Uber Eats. I mean, I might as well, you know, just kill Uber oh Eats. Oh my food, God. You know, because I mean, my kid, between my kids, my, kid, my kids are old enough, they ordered it. I don't even know what they ordered half the exactly. time. Exactly. they showing up. And so, but there's, as you know, you know, both of them, there's a whole set of folks who cannot participate in that right. because they don't have access to that digital no. currency. And so we have been very aggressively thinking about it. I know we need to launch some efforts in Baltimore to how to start to experiment, how to get more people involved in that digital, that digital economy. We exactly. have to, but, but going back to your question about COVID, I do believe COVID forced many people into a more digital knowledge and space than they were. So, you know, I'm thinking about my mother, my aunts, my mm -hmm. family, who, if we wanted to stay connected at one point, they needed to be on Zoom or whatever, whatever mm -hmm. technology, right? They wouldn't have, had we not been forced into that. And so now they have, it gives them a comfort level for other things, but we have to make sure that's accessible for all. No question about that. No question. So, you know, you sit, you sit, going back to the kind of the beginning a little bit, you, you, you are a black woman engineer. 
And you know, there, there's and I'm left-handed, so oh, keep you, going right. Oh, now. You are, you you are the you are the anomalies of the anomaly, <laughs> right? And and so you and I both were Nesby and folks that don't get in the National Society of Black Engineers. Uh, at the end of the day, it's a student-led organization, which is the, the thing. That, I mean, yeah. I as a student, you, you know, I talked about as a student, we actually led. I mean, I put on the big conferences. I led, you know, some reach. I read a national effort. The point of it is the whole point of it is to get more of us, more people of color into engineering. Yeah. And so it's not, but it's not just engineering that there's a lack of, of people of color and women. It's a, a range of areas. So as, as a partnership, as you think about the programs and efforts, the partnership wants to kind of, how do you lend yourself into that both as a, as, as a professional, but obviously as a black woman, you know, how do you think about these, these things? No, I, you're making me think about something that we've recently launched and part of the sort of impotence behind it is exactly what you were talking about. So we re recently launched an initiative called BOOST, which mm -hmm. stands for Black-Owned and Operated Storefront Tenancy. Oh, wow. And, and part of the thought behind it, it was two things. One, I, I mentioned, you know, within downtown, pre-COVID, but, but heightened because of COVID, there was an increase in vacant spaces down here. And when you talk to Black women, Black-owned businesses, minority businesses of all type, part of what we learned is there was this thought that I can't be downtown for a number. Maybe it's it, I'm priced out, mm -hmm. my client base isn't there. It was a number of things. And so we worked with the property owners down here to, to do a couple of things. One, to make sure that we could give them, give black owned businesses affordable, an affordable way of accessing those beautiful spaces, whether it's having rent that's commiserate with sales or whatever we did mm -hmm. that. But we surrounded them also outside of the space with $50,000 that's seed, right? To help them for facade improvement or operating and all of that. But the so what big deal, and this is where we look at really locking arms even tighter with your organization is we're creating a cohort model because we know that growing in business is not just about where you start, but it's having all of those other assets around. So the cohort, we wanna make sure that there's proper technical assistance. How do we help them grow and scale and leverage technology to the, you know, to the full heights, how do we surround them with marketing and how do we make sure that there is, you know, legal assistance and all of the things that we know are a part of the formula. And, but it's for where you started with the question. Part of it is how do we use what we have, understanding there's a gap for technology and all of these things, use our base to help grow businesses in that space. And every business, just I can't think of many that don't have technology as even if it's not, you know, I am going to be an engineer, I'm going to be a coder, I'm going, even if I am a pie maker, right, there's some technology to what's happening in a way that we can elevate and include that in there. And so we want to really make sure that we're doing that for these businesses to help make our downtown more reflective of the demographics of our Well, city. this is what I'll announce and commit to you. Two things. One is we are going to be announcing here shortly uh, what we're calling the Urban Business Innovation Initiative focused on Baltimore and Prince George's County. Oh, we're <laughs> okay. We're really going to put a person, actually, I think I'm interviewing the person next week, that we're going to put a person in Baltimore to okay. work with people like yourself and other folks who are already, what I call, already doing the, doing the do. And we just want to help. We just want to lean and lend ourselves into it. So we don't want to step on anybody else. But the second thing, um, what you just said about your boost was um, the, the example that I, I talk about is, you know, what if George Jefferson, you and I figured, what if George Jefferson <laughs> came back and he uh -oh. wanted to start a cleaning business? 
But Jeff George figured out a new way to clean clothes better, faster, cheaper using some some cool new technology yeah. and or to pick up or drop off the clothes in some Uber like fashion. Yeah. That is that differentiates him from That's the it. and that then becomes something that I will tell you Techco wants to invest in. Or that. you get a restaurant that has a digital ordering and a digital mm-hmm. uh, uh, inventory management system and. And it's all digitized and it differentiates and it allows for a dynamic menu as opposed to a static menu just taking a picture. It literally is a dynamic menu tied to the inventory, tied to the cooking. I'm there. Right. right. So those are the things that are some of the things that our UBI folks working with folks like at Morgan, uh, we will be introducing that. And, and so you got my commitment here. I, I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm telling you, you have said something that's big, that's needed. I can tell you, as we started working with some of the businesses to help them throughout the pandemic, the businesses that were hardest hit were the ones that did not have that technology component, mm-hmm. right? And trying to shift in that amount of time to do that. So what you're talking about, I mean, it will save lives, save jobs. That is the future of where we need to be. So excited to be a part in any way we can. So I want to start to land the plane. Like you and I could talk. We could. We, I know. We, we Don't land the plane. We're in the mm-hmm. no. <laughs> So I got to go back to the code to, to just to have a little fun with it, though, is, it, you know, what's what's been that, you know, I, you know, we got all these streaming services. I'm, I'm paying for more streaming services. Oh, my God. You know, I, I, we cut the cord a couple of years ago. I think we we're going to save money. And now I know I'm spending more on these all these. I got every streaming service you can have. And, and, and so I joke about what my wife, my, my wife has found all those 80 shows she's watching again. I didn't love it. I watched a couple of movies like 10 times. So. What's that either show or, or, or a movie from the mm. 70s, 80s, 90s that, you know, you're like, man, I, I, I don't people really know this, but I'm going to go ahead because it's Troy. I'm going to let them. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> I think I have, I have, and it's prior to COVID, I probably couldn't tell you very many shows that I've watched, right? Because I was on super grind mode. Anytime I had a minute <laughs> to do anything, I'm like, let me learn this, do this. During COVID, when I tell you Netflix became my yeah, buddy sidekick, I have watched so many series and shows because you can just watch it all. I don't have to wait for commercials to do anything. <laughs> but whether it was Bridgerton, which I watched, How to Get Away with Murder, don't, no judgment. You know what I mean? Or any of those things. We, I literally, I mean, it was Queen's Gambit. I can tell you so uh, many things that I watched that I would not have. Yep. You know, and, and COVID was the impetus. So now I just need to figure out how to balance it out to make sure I don't go too far on the other <laughs> exactly, side. Exactly, exactly. So as I close, if, if you know, kind of tying all this together, as you, as you could do the crystal ball yeah. and look, say, four to five years out, what does downtown Baltimore look like? What does Shalonda look like? What does that look like for Shalonda? And what does that look like for downtown Baltimore? It, it's the, one of the best things. Thank you for that question in a close one of the things that's closest to my heart is us getting to, in Baltimore, getting to that place of um, recognizing where we went wrong. So redlining and all mm, of these things from mm, the beginning, mm. but getting to a place that feels equitable, a place mm. where no matter what color you are, you feel like this is home. You're proud to call home. You feel like you can walk anywhere that you want and you can achieve regardless, no matter where you, you know, what your address is, whether it's Bentlow or somewhere in, you know, Canton or wherever, wherever you feel that you are a part of the fabric and growth of our city. That's what I see five years from now, but I, but it happens 
with us all being intentional, with us building on the same way you talked about TEDCO and Downtown Partnership, how do we do this together where our one plus one equals five? Exactly. I think all of that works together. And, and what I'd love to do when you talk about me at that point, I just want to stand back. Cross my eyes like, mm-hmm, we did it. We <laughs> so did that. Good. You know what I mean? And that's what I, I look forward to seeing it. I see so many leaders and partners rising up, people who didn't work together previously, who now are like, we own this. Let's do this. And see, I'm going to say, so you didn't say it. So in four years, I'm going to be at somebody's graduation. It better oh, be. I didn't- I bet- Right. I better be somebody's graduation <laughs> ceremony because costs can't be going, can't be slipping out the fire. I know, years. I know. That's true. You I, you know what? <laughs> I, I, I claim that too. Yeah, I better be somebody's graduation ceremony. <laughs> that's, that's what I know. <laughs> you will be. I'm excited to hear. I can't wait to hear all of the great details of what's going to come out of High Point University. Shalonda, thank you for your time. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for just being you. I can't wait to, to learn more. And again, you and I could have swapped stories all day long. So I, I appreciate all that you're doing for Baltimore and for, and for Maryland. I think people, you know, people forget that Baltimore is the, at the, end of the, the urban area for, for Maryland. We call it the heart. Yeah, yeah. We are the heart. No, so thank you for having me. I'm excited about the partnership. I've been following what Teco has been doing and could not be more honored, one, that you have me on the show. So thank you for that. But just to be a part of your movement and to see where you guys are going, you have a partner in this work. So thank you. Thank you. So our friends, thank you again. We can't tell you how much we appreciate you watching. We we continue to get your your feedback and we we appreciate it. Uh, So again, again, this is Troy Lamel Stovall, the CEO and Executive Director for TechCo. See you again next week. Take care. Thanks again for listening. And a special thank you to our guest, Shalonda Stokes, for joining in today's discussion. For more information on TEDCO and its activities, check us out at www.tedcomd.com. If you enjoyed today's discussion, consider sharing and subscribing to TEDCO Talks.